Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast all about a different way of experiencing cinema with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Scott Martin, and also here today is the man who goes to work on an egg, Oliver Deer. I can't imagine possibly what that is from. <laughs> but how did you find it? Do you have a page of common quotes? Or... I'm I'm not like, revealing my secrets. <laughs> Your sources, <laughs> what are yeah. they? <laughs> uh, I can tell you it's a, it's a slogan used by the United Kingdom's Egg Marketing Board during the 1950s <laughs> as part of a more than 12 million pounds it spent on advertising, including a series of television adverts starring the comedian Tony Hancock and actress Patricia Hayes in 1965. That's a more interesting fact than our entire podcast. That yeah. is, like, if you people want to turn the fact off, that there there was an egg campaign mm-hmm. in the early fifties. In yeah, you got to sell, you got to sell them eggs. You got to sell them. You got, <laughs> and you know how to do that? Advertising. The people in the fifties, they they figured it out. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things. Like they sort of were around a room, a writer's room, being like, "The egg is unsellable, but whoever can sell it would be amazing." And some man and so they came. In, in a 50s suit stood up and smashed his fist out on the table and goes, <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> Who goes to work on an egg? And everyone started applauding and nobody questioned why it makes no sense. <laughs> there was no answer. It's no. like a set up to a joke with no punchline. <laughs> If if uh, if that? there are any if there are any listeners right now who want to take that as a um as a setup and write a punchline to the question <laughs> who goes yeah. to work on an egg, uh, we would very much appreciate that. <laughs> Ooh, a man in existential crisis. Oh yes, you're right. I like mm. it. Okay, well, to all the people that wanted to write a uh, <laughs> wanted to write <laughs> an answer to a joke, now you can't because Oliver has clocked it. Yes, unfortunately, we've just peaked it, so yep. we've, we've hit top of the shelf here. What are you talking about today, Scott Martin? I, I usually have a lot of thoughts. You usually don't have any. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm notorious. I don't have any thoughts that's, or opinions. That's how, you sold me, that's how you sold me on this podcast. You said, listen, I'm not a really smart guy. You are. Let's do a podcast. You tell me about things. And I'm like, sure. Great. This week I've blanked I've blanked completely and you need to tell me what's going on. Yeah, look, I don't have a I don't have a thought provoking question about the Oscars or, or whatever that's just been happening in the in the film world. Um in fact I'm yeah. doing a well, it's still to do with media, but I'm um, flipping this uh, genre on its head right now in this podcast format, and we're going to talk about something that's nothing to do with movies today. Um if you'd oh, be interested you in that. Oh, little devious fox you. You strayed away from the movie theme. Yes, well, there is a very small uh, chain link. Um, we're talking today about the movie Tomb Raider, which is based on a video game. Now, yeah, Tomb my Raider th- with two R's. That is. <laughs> what? This is. Tomb- we're talking about the 2018 movie Tomb Raider. <laughs> what? Where did this come from? What are you talking about here? Oh, oh did, we must not watch the same movie. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, 
Um, so I figured that uh, since we're talking about a video game movie, um, let's make this our video game episode of Ignorance Is This, and let's oh, talk about. Oh, that's a cool idea. Let's talk about video games for a bit. Yeah. If you'd be interested. I'm very interested. I love video games. What are you What are you playing? I'm currently playing through The Witcher Three. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I know that voice of yours, and it says, "Mmm, I disapprove of your <laughs> your ongoings, Oliver." Do How are something you f- else to play? <laughs> How are you finding it? How are, are you enjoying The Witcher Three? Since you're playing through it, I imagine you must be enjoying it. Absolutely loving it. I'm. As I've told you before, I didn't really enjoy it from the start. I thought it was a bit basic. I thought the <laughs> combat was a bit average. I thought it was, you know, just a bit bland, like hit the thing and kill the thing. Like, that's it. Sure. But now I think I'm just so driven in by the whole story of it. I want to know what happens. And, like, it's almost like the combat is really good, but it's almost as if it's an interruption in my storyline where I was like, hey, I just want to find out what happens next. Let me kill yeah, this right. thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you get from, um, how do you get from point A to point B in The Witcher 3 when the controls are so terrible? <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, I wouldn't know. I'm actually quite good at most video games, whether it be on a keyboard or a um, PS4 controller. Or it's just weird. You would, you would think the basic most... movement would be easy, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, for for people like me, it actually is most of the time. <laughs> I understand. I understand you're a person with nimble. Uh, sorry, with unnimble thumbs. Yeah, and I oh, know that my, you my... have quite. You have where apes have opposing thumbs. You have proposing thumbs. Yeah, my hands are just constantly to... in a set position. I can't move my hands. <laughs> yeah, all. I would call your thumbs op- oppositional thumbs in the fact that they oppose <laughs> the. They oppose the action you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I have to think very, very hard about when I'm playing a video game. It needs to be like, what do I want? And what do I yeah. need to do to make that happen on screen? It's yeah. a very difficult process. And yeah, and your thumbs are like, okay, let's set our goals. Let's try and reach our goals. <laughs> and that you, you fully have to have a checklist going where your thumbs can be like, all right, we've done the first action, which is move left. Let's think about how we can go about pressing the attack button. Yeah. And while all this is happening, the horse that I'm riding on <laughs> still won't go forward. <laughs> all right. Tell me tell me your point. <laughs> my my point. Tell me your um you have what are you playing then? What are you up to? Um I've I've been playing um <laughs> Madden <laughs> 2017. Yes. Right, the Super Bowl game. Yeah, um it's um it's no good, but I've I've been playing it <laughs> I've been playing it a lot. Like for whatever like I bought it when it was super cheap, like just as it came out, and I just thought, yeah, sick. Like I got into NBA the year before, so I was like, I'm just gonna play sports games that I don't know anything about and learn about them and yeah. then I can talk to people about it. And I bought Madden and the first thing that came up was pick your team and it wouldn't let you progress until you picked a team and I yeah. I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I haven't done enough research. It's gonna like set the theme of my homepage or like my menu right. to like the colors of whatever team I picked, and I'm just not ready for that commitment right now. It's <laughs> as an important decision as literally like creating your Skyrim character or anything. It is literally picking your starter pick your race. 
Yeah, and you have to really put in a lot of consideration. Yeah, so... Because, um, because I, I assume you're taking into account, like, what states of the United States do you like? <laughs> yeah. Is, is this... Is this something you're taking into account? Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, it was. It was that. It was my um my current knowledge of Madden, which is basically um who won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and um who was like the really bad team. So I was like getting rid of them. I wanted like a nice middle order team, and then it came down to logos and colors, and um I went with the um the Seattle Seahawks because they have like a nice like lime green, very navy blue, uh color scheme right. that I like. And um yeah. and their logo is very similar to the West Coast Eagles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a, that's it's not a bad way to pick your team. No, I, I was quite happy, and I'm proud of it. And now I know a little bit more about the side and the coach. And um, I ended yeah. up winning the Super Bowl in my first season. So now I'm never going to touch good. it again, though. Like it's like I've done the Super Bowl. I'm not going to start like trading and like getting a better team. It's like, I'm just done mm-hmm. with Madden now. Like, there's literally no reason for me to touch it anymore. <laughs> so, I, I so started you, so a saying, video game and finished it in one week. That's really good. So, you're saying you can technically lose the Super Bowl and you would have to just carry on with Season 2. Yeah, yeah. Is it's like, right? a, it, yeah, it's called Franchise Mode. So, it's basically just like, pick a team, um, manage them, play the games if you want to, go to training and do training sessions and try to win right. as many games as possible. The first thing it makes you do is um, pick like what your goal is. And I was like, my goal is to win nine games out of the 15 or 16 or whatever there are. There's probably way more than that. Like I literally don't even know still anything about Madden. And I ended up winning yeah. all of the games except for two. And I played <laughs> the Super Bowl and won it. So <laughs> I'm done now. What is your favorite video game? Um, my favorite video game is, um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone on PlayStation 2. (laughs) (laughs) What's yours? I think you mean the Chamber of... Yeah. Well, the Chamber of Secrets for me. Chamber of Secrets I never got into because Neville Longbottom was stuck behind a tapestry. And when I was a little kid, I I didn't know what a tapestry was. So (laughs) he's going, you need to skip, you need to sell, uh, save Neville from the tapestry. And I would just walk by this, what I just thought to be this big bloody bit of cloth. And every now and then I'd hear Neville Longbottom behind it screaming. And I'm like, where is he? And I just didn't, I just didn't play the game for ages because I didn't have the internet and I didn't know what a tapestry was. No one had the internet. Everyone was just like, "Well, I can't, I, I don't know what that word means." So I guess this game is just like not for me. I'll have yeah. to play it when I when I age. It is void. It is literally unplayable. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Your that's your favorite game. Yeah, um, uh. <laughs> my real favourite game, just because I don't want that to be in the eventual um, Ignorance is this Wikipedia page under yeah, Scott Martin's trivia. No, do you uh, know what? It will, it will have, like, the trivia for you, and then it will say video games, and then it will be like, it was once mused on the uh, 38th episode of Ignorance <laughs> is this, that Scott's favourite video game was Chamber of Secrets. In mm. fact, Scott, it was, it was a bluff. <laughs> and his actual video game was... When did our when did our listeners get so academic? Um, it's um, <laughs> it's the Last of We're Us on the PlayStation the Four. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah, very the remaster good. of it. It's just made everything that was perfect about the first game and made it even more perfect. So good. Yep. I feel What's like yours? Naughty Dog can do no wrong. I I yeah, like uh, that's a really good game, and I would put it up there with my favorites. 
But you know my favourite's got to be Half-Life 2, Scotty. Oh, yeah. It's it sure is. Game. Yep. Yep. That's a meme. Uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, uh... the, the number three meme uh, ah, yes. stems off no- from that. Notoriously, notoriously a game that will never get a sequel, even though it is the probably the most wanted sequel at this point. It would the make the them... most wanted sequel was Kingdom Hearts, but that is currently getting a sequel. So... Yeah, baby, that's my favorite game right there. It, it did come yeah, down yeah, to yeah. that and Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep. Uh, yeah, we've set our standard for video game. Yeah, I'm we love video enjoys... game. I enjoy story and um, character progression, and you enjoy um... running at big men uh, wearing sports. big padded plates. <laughs> Yeah. Throwing a ball and only to get pushed over. Yeah. Thoughtless sprinting. <laughs> Look, it's just really satisfying when you make a catch and you run down to the touchdown line, okay? It's yeah. very satisfying. All right, All right mate. All right, let's talk I, about... I bet, um. I bet it is. Let's talk about Tomb Raider the movie. Tomb Raider. This is a movie about based on a video game by Square Enix. It's about a girl. Her name is Lara Croft. Mm. And she raids tombs. Oh, baby, you know yeah. it. Yeah. So Notoriously famous I'm... figure in the video yeah. game uh, sphere. Long overdue to get a movie because those other movies didn't exist. <clears throat> Angelina Jolie, never made. <laughs> yeah. Now, from what I understand, the original video games... I, I mean, I actually know nothing, next to nothing about the original video games. I, I played them briefly. And then the movie was essentially James Bond, but with a female protagonist. Mm-hmm. If you've okay. ever seen them, it's just she travels the world. She you goes mean to various Jane places. Bond? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. You know, she tracks sort of a mystery of tombs around the world, that sort of thing. And uh, but the video games recently had a a re. How would you say it? They reoriginated her. Yeah, they re-origined her, and she, the premise was that she was a nobody, or she was, you know, with a team of archaeologists or something along the lines, and she went to an island, and then her team gets disbanded, and then she's alone in the on the island, and she has to fight her way to survive. Uh, she, and then um, I think... Uh, sorry, I, I think she was just a, um, a graduate in, like, archaeology... Like, ah, okay. Yeah. Great. No, none of this rich family business from the uh, movie, no. Yeah. So in the movie, it's the premise is her, her rich, entitled father <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yep. Uh, journeys, acro- journeys to Japan to a island because he wants to find some sort of lost myth, mythical uh, being and he disappears and seven years later she picks up the trail. And she heads to the same island. So it's similar to the video game in the sense they're both about an island. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, heading to yep. that island. <laughs> that's what that's what it's no, that's about. A, now I just wanted to good summary. Yeah, just wanted to raise a couple of things. So just I will raise um kind of the things I knew before going into this one. I did not know this movie existed until like maybe three weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Yep. I think you you meant or sorry we were going through like the list of movies that are coming out this year and I saw that the Tomb Raider had an adaptation I thought oh that's interesting I bet it will be terrible because I've never heard of it yeah but then I realized 
I wouldn't have really heard of anything because I haven't been looking up any movie news. Hey, it means I'm that just... you're doing your part in this podcast well. I I'm doing my part very well. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know that it was getting a movie. The I guess the only sort of pre conceptions I had were that um well I obviously watched the Oscars and uh, Tomb Raider didn't get a nod, so I know it's not um, it's not of that high caliber. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that is a is certainly a, a a well and true respectable way of figuring out whether a movie is good or not, whether it's good yeah, so an Oscar. So I went in with greatly low expectations, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that maybe gave me some preconceptions was this is a little mini side rant. We I went to Hoyts, and. Hoyts decided that they needed to have a 25-minute ad break before the movie began. Huh? You know, like, the movie... The, you know, the movie says get there at 7.45, oh. and it began at um, 8.10. So, 25 minutes of ads. One of the ads was an ad for Tomb Raider. Hang on, hang on, Ollie. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I have a new segment lined up okay. um, that okay. I was just about to go into. Yeah. It's called the Personal Grievances Corner. <laughs> Let's have a personal grievance about our All movie right. theater experience. Okay, this is yours. Go for it. Great. I, okay, this makes me excited because it makes me think you've had a also a personal grievance. Yes, I have. It's, yes. This is good. Somewhat. We often have bad theater experiences. So, obviously, we don't usually go to Hoyts. We go to Reading, which is a bit cheaper. But I went. we went to Hoyts this time and... Yeah, 25 minutes of ads and one of the ads was for Tomb Raider. It wasn't Technically, like, it was for Tomb Raider, but it was doubled as a car ad, right? Yeah, yeah, um, Volvo, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I blocked my ears and closed my eyes, so I don't really know. But, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was for a car ad. Yeah, I, I was screaming in the theatre. I was like, ah! Ah! <laughs> Just, you know, screaming because oh, great. I obviously didn't want to know any spoilers and... Obviously, I think everyone around the theatre respected that I didn't want to, and they thought the same as me. Hey, as um, far as you were obviously. aware, they were all screaming as well. You just couldn't yeah. hear it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known. I was blocking my ears. Uh, but uh, so yeah, this, this right. ad comes on, and I immediately think of James Bond, right? Because James Bond um, has had a couple of advertisements where it would tie in with the Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, And so I kind of thought the way they're marketing this movie is reflective of the way the movie is. And I thought that maybe it would be just like, as we've said before, just it may be James Bond, but with Lara Croft instead. So it, there's no one location setting. It's just she's all over the world. She's being a spy for a super secret agency, which disappointed me a little bit because the only um, Lara Croft game I've played was the recent one. And that was set on you know, one location on an island where she was just surviving the elements. And it wasn't really like James Bond at all. She's, you know, she's not experienced in the way James Bond is. Yes, exactly right. So yeah. those, those, those were my preconceptions heading into the film. And before we head into the discussion, I want to hear about your uh, personal grievance okay. Okay, <laughs> at so, the movie theatre. Okay, so I don't have, um, I don't have a Hoyts or a um, Reading Theatres because I am... I'm well away from where we usually do with the podcast now. Uh, I, I live yeah. away from that area full time now. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I've got the one theater, and I've gone to this theater my whole life, and something that I've really enjoyed, because I'm a very aesthetic person, Ollie, as you probably know. I understand. I love my beautiful things, despite being a sound major. I don't mind my visuals, so I'm a big fan of movie posters. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that I really liked about this movie theater is that they would just have this bin that was just filled up with um, movie posters that they've uh, they've you know made to be like very like ni- nicely presented, and they put a little sticky tape over just a little bit of it, and they would write the name of the movie, and you can just go in. Um, and when a movie is finished showing and they need to get rid of the posters, you can just go and grab them. Now, being away for, I've been at uni for the last three years, coming back to see that now they're selling these posters for $5 each. Now, how do you think that makes me feel? I think that makes you a very happy boy. I, yeah, it just, it warmed my heart to go in thinking... (laughs) oh, I reckon I could get a Thor Ragnarok poster after this and leaving the theatre and just looking and this bin has this big five on it thinking, oh no, I hate this place now. Like, it is just really, like, (laughs) ruined. Like, I I hate... I don't even want to say the name of where it is (laughs) because I think there's only, like, five locations. And if whatever reason, like, in the future, maybe we get super famous of this podcast and that (laughs) you could start to track where I am based on if I'm (laughs) going to this (laughs) theatre or not, based on their five locations, I'm not going to say it. But, man, that made me so angry. Like, why would you do that? What the hell are they doing? So, they're usually free, am I right? They used to be free, at least as long ago as, like, two years ago. Okay, but now they're $5 and that's made you quite upset. I, I don't want to pay $5 for a poster. What are they doing with it? They're going to have to chuck them out. Just give them away. I would assume it's because I do remember them selling these posters when we went to that theatre. But I remember they would always just have like posters for really bad movies that I didn't care about. And yeah. I assume that was because all the good movies would have you know been taken very early. And everyone hey. would have got in there and taken them. So I assume the $5 price is, you know, to prevent people just taking all the good stuff first. Yeah, you might be right. I might be able to have actually got a Thor Ragnarok this time, which I wouldn't have had to in the past. I didn't even go in and look at the posters. I was so angry. I just saw the price and walked away. (laughs) That's my personal (laughs) grievances. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'll never go back oh. there. And in fact, I'm done with this podcast because it's the only theater I have within like a literal 50 kilometer radius. You will literally just, yeah, like not go to the theater anymore. Like Infinity War will come out and you'll be like, nah, heading to Perth to watch this one. <laughs> yep. Sorry, you're not getting my money, X theater. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's, let's, let's start talking about this movie because <laughs> we've, All right, we've left Raider. it pretty late this time, I think. Yeah, Tomb Raider <laughs> the movie. It's about a video game. All right, yeah. so I will start out by saying I liked the movie, right? I liked it enough. Sure. Well, I, I say it because I look at my list of things I have to say about the film and I see a lot of negativity. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to grouch up the podcast, so to speak. And I want to just have everyone know that I like the film, you know? There were bits about it I enjoyed, mm, but there were sure. also, um, <laughs> most of the things I remember about it were largely sad, and I, yeah, okay. Great. <laughs> so, what did That's... you think about Tomb Raider, the movie? 
I was thinking that I was going to take a very high road and say that I enjoyed it enough thinking that you were going to hate it and we can have a little bit of a contrarian, but I don't think we are mm-hmm. in this one. I think we're both very um, lukewarm about this one. Lukewarm is a great way to describe this. Thank you. I, I'm a radio major. I actually... <laughs> comes from I my thought... creative writing background. <laughs> <laughs> I thought with, full, with wholeheartedness that you would love this film. I don't know why. Yeah. I just it just it gave me the vibes of Scott's gonna bloody love that. Well, you know? I thought because you love Wonder Woman so much, right? And I thought, okay, yeah, he's gonna get around this one because it's also about a girl. <laughs> hey, Scott, you know how you like Spider Man Homecoming? You're also going to like any other movie with a male lead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying to you. Anyway, yeah, I think we probably will have similar things to say about it. What do you have to say about it? Um, what are your first thoughts? First, um, uh, approaching, what do you want to get off your chest? Uh, the, I want to get a question off my chest. What do you want to let out chest? of the bag? <laughs> okay, what do you do want it? to spill out of your cup? <laughs> what do you want to turn your table over for? What's that one? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to open your book up to page five for? Did you just see a book on your table? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, what do you want to... Um... <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> it wasn't, but I was. I thought maybe if I, if I started talking, I could finish my sentence. Okay. I didn't. Anyway, you, you continue. Um, my, the thing that I, I need to get off my chest and flip my table for is... Um... Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, my first question is Have you played the video game that this is based on, the 2013 Tomb Raider? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, me- I mentioned before. Yeah. I've played that one where that she goes to an island and she's um, her whole character is that she doesn't know how to, or she's very inexperienced. In yes. A sense. Okay. Good. She so has basic that survival skills, but not enough to you know make her an action hero that she can just take on like large crowds of you know thugs and beat them. Yeah. Has to, like, yeah. Think. So that 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 was my big biggest problem with this film, um, mm-hmm. is that it's not the game. Um, I really yeah. like. I love that Tomb Raider game so so much. I finished it like two or three yeah. times, and I know the story very well. And um, going into this, I was I think I was expecting it, even though I've seen all the trailers and stuff heaps of times before, and all the clips that they did beforehand, which I'm going to get into later. It was trying to be the game, but without it wanting to be the game. Like, it was thinking, oh, we have to be a movie, yeah. so we can't be the game. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite game moments in this... Uh, sorry, some of my favorite moments from the game were in this, but they discarded it so quickly, but they were just like, yes, okay, we understand. We did this bit. Okay, we get it. Now move on. Oh, yeah. More movie, yes. please. Exactly. I have that exact point. I would say the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is when she is has the bow and arrow and is stealthily entering the camp and trying to, like, take out people quietly. Yep. Okay. Um, so, like, this is re- very reminiscent of a video game, or in particular the, you know, Tomb Raider video game where you enter a camp of thugs and you have to... You can you know, either choose to take the hard road of just, like, shooting up everyone, but you'll probably die... Or you can stealth your way through it, sneakily take out everyone with your crossbow or yep. your, your bow and arrow. In this one, you know, she only... She sneaks around a little bit. She doesn't 
shoot anyone, but she just has a bow and arrow. And she doesn't she doesn't look very stealthily in my opinion. It just seems like, you know, for whatever reason no one noticed her. Yeah, yeah, th- th- there were some times <laughs> then, where I thought she doesn't know that that person is not turning around right now. You got to yeah. assume that that person is turning around right now <laughs> and you are right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm really re- I'm really stealthy because I'm bending my knees right now." But also <laughs> you're in plain view of everybody. But like the she didn't kill anyone. The moment she uses her, you know, bow and arrow which is a quiet weapon and can be used its purpose is to you know take out people quietly and stealthily the moment she kills someone everyone knows about it everyone is alerted to the fact someone died and then that begins you know the action scene yeah true and it's yeah. not stealthy anymore well that, that was my example immediately well i thought of what did you think of what was your example of this um i i had two examples that i was really kind of angry with um the first one was the fact that the villain is revealed to be a villain straight away, which oh, at yeah. first, which at first I liked. Like his name is um, Matthias, I think, or Matthias. Yeah. Ma- and yeah. Um, in the game, you meet him, and he says that he's a survivor from the ship that just um, went down with you, and yeah. like he, it was just like part of the ship, like he was a crew or something. So you trust him, and then it turns out he's like the leader of the baddies. In this, he just straight mm-hmm. up is like, "Yes, I'm the baddie." here I am, hello, my name is the same as the character. Like, just don't make him the same character. Just say that he's a different... Yeah, I killed your father. Yeah, which was really weird. And he's like, sorry, I haven't spoken to anybody for seven years. Mate, you're with so many people at this island. (laughs) Your interpersonal skills... I was so confused about... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so confused, because he, like, even later, you know, he meets the, the, uh, spoiler alert for Tomb Raider, the dad of Lara is revealed to be alive and then the bad guy meets him and he's like, oh, if only I had your company. If only I had someone to talk to you for so many years. You've had so many people to talk to. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? It's it's almost like in the script, it was just him and then in the in while they're doing production, they're like, oh, let's add like a bunch of mercenaries and a bunch of slaves. Yeah, and sure. And they're all here. And it was, they just it was kept like, the same line from the script. It was like that line... Um, was attached to Lara's dad, but then they were like, oh, we can't, there's no room for it, but we got this spare opening mm. for Matthias. Oh, just put it over there. It's a nice line. It doesn't fit. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So, um, it so didn't that, make sense. No. that was, um, that was one that it just annoyingly that it wasn't the game when it could have very cool have been, it could have been done very well, uh, and made it more mm. like the game. And the other one was my favorite moment from that entire game is, um, the first time that Lara needs to kill somebody, like it, it needs to be done. And then she like yeah. freaks out afterwards and she's like shaking and she just can't understand what she's just done. Um, yeah. And they, they had that for a very short moment to show her kind of like looking lost and scared. Um, but then they replace it with the dad plot because straight after that, she just like sees this figure and then runs after it. Like oh, yeah. it immediately cuts to her dad standing there. It was really like the filmmakers were like, yes, we've all played the game. We know that this is a big part of it. Here you go. But they didn't do anything with it. So like those two mm-hmm. moments really made me like turn off my interest. Like, cause I understand that it can be good to take a well-known origin and then, focusing on movie only details rather than source material stuff like when it comes to like batman or spider-man or something at this point you can easily just go okay they dead 
now here is the baddie. Like, here's the parents. They dead. Or here's Uncle Bob. They're dead. Now, here's the baddie. But this isn't Batman or Spider-Man. It's Lara Croft yeah. based on a game from 2013. So that betrayal and Lara's, like, coming to terms with murder were massive moments. And it's not something that everybody knows about, so you can just blindly just put it in there for the fans and then carry on with whatever you want to talk about. It's not something that everybody's seen heaps before. They have it, and you should show it. It's very important. They're not here for the dad plot. They're here for Lara. All the people that are in the movie want to see Lara. Like, I didn't care about the dad. Did you? Nah, nah. That being said, I did think it was pretty emotional, effective when they were reunited. (laughs) But that's just different. (laughs) My my issue was the dad was like, the moment he was revealed to be alive, I... I stopped caring for a little bit because I was, A, I was like, well, he's going to die at the end, though, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You can't bring a character who's been dead for seven years back and then not kill him at the end because, obviously, that's what they're going to do. They, they they think that is, oh, wow, it would be so amazing if we killed him at the end and, like, Lara's been spending her whole life trying to find him and now he's dead and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so emotional. It's like, yeah, but everyone saw it coming. No, yeah, of <laughs> no one was not expecting that. The other thing is, in the game, one of the part of you know, as you said, like the survival and what makes Lara's character so strong is that she's alone for a lot of it. Yeah, and she's yeah. just alone and trying to survive and like scraping the dirt and just trying to claw her way to survival. And so when when she left, you know, left the camp initially in the beginning, and I thought, oh great, you know, she's going to be on her own. She's just got to survive as much as she can. And then the dad immediately shows up and you're like, no, just let her be alone because yeah. Now, you know, now she's given support and it's not her anymore. It's, it's, you know, she's backed up by other characters. Yeah. And in the game, like you're, yeah. you are alone for heaps of it and you're like actively looking for people that were your friends in the first cut scene. So you're like, all right, I got to find these people. But in this, you're with the person that you came with on the island from the second that you land, you're with him. When she runs away, she has her own little action set piece, which, are, which like you, like I thought, oh yeah, this is the beginning of like her journey and then straight back Mm. into dad territory yeah you're right like there was there was one action set piece of her being badass on her on her own there was literally support from other characters from the every other scene you could have completely removed that dad character just said he was dead and you if you know i don't think there was anything necessary for him to be in like he didn't really solve any of the ending puzzle lara did that all herself so he wasn't even needed and you know, if she needed, if there's someone needed to, uh, like, die as he did in the end, you know, he sacrificed himself to blow up the tomb. That could have been replaced with, um, I forget his name, but the character from Japan. Lu Wen? Lu Ren? Yeah, Lu Ren. That could have been him. That would have been fine to be him. Yeah. But I don't understand why they had to have this dad character back and, you know, give Lara the support. And, you know, the moment she leaves the dad, like, she's straight to just, oh, I'm going to rescue these people. Great, I rescued them cool, I'm, now the tomb has to be open. Great, I open the tomb. Like, there's just very little challenge in her way. Yeah. She's supposed to be sold as this person struggling against the environment and everything is a challenge for her because this is all new to her. But she gets by so very easily. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, completely agree. I don't know why they couldn't understand the fact that what makes Lara such an interesting character is the hardships that she goes through on her own and then that's what makes 
the reunion with other characters very emotional. The fact that someone dies, which is a classic Hollywood trope to garner emotion out of somebody, like is not necessary here. They had another way yeah. of of garnering garnering an emotional response from the viewers, and they screwed it up. And they went back to basics, and they went back to um square one. That it was completely mm. unnecessary. What a waste. I think I would. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed, you know, to find a Hollywood film that doesn't kill one of the supposed, like, you know, mentor or father figure characters at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it it always happens. It's not a surprise, and it's not an emotional turning point. It's just it's just bound to happen, and it's not surprising. And it's a shame. It didn't happen um, in Disaster Artist. <laughs> and that's what makes Disaster Artist one of the greatest movies of 2018s. Can you say that again, <laughs> but in Tommy Wiseau's voice, please? All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that is what makes Disaster Artist one of the most greatest movies of 2018. <laughs> it's was really okay? good. Yeah, it was. It's really good. <laughs> um, I think uh, one of the notes I had here, like, in, I initially wrote, I initially was going to say, oh, this movie doesn't know whether it wants to be whimsical or serious. And then I kind of realized that doesn't make sense. Like, I felt like this movie was, you know, treading the line between seriousness and yeah. um, a little bit of light-heartedness, you know, the, the occasional joke. And then I realised there wasn't really the occasional joke. There was maybe something at the start, but nothing at the end. And I kind of realised what it was. It wasn't the fact that it wasn't trying to, you know, it wasn't balancing seriousness and whim and whimsicalness. It was just the yeah. fact it was it was balancing violence with PG thirteenness. <laughs> right. There yeah, were so okay. many. There were so many themes in the movie that were so you know it could have been so violent, could have been really um, visceral, and I think this movie really goes to show it's one of the examples where it hurts it so much that it isn't MA or R rated. It really needed to have more violence because violence isn't just a part of like audience entertainment. I don't think it's necessarily a thing where oh if it's more violent you know certain members yeah. of the audience will have more fun. It's yeah. literally a, a fact of it. violence raises the stakes. If you're seeing blood and you're seeing people being hurt and bleeding, it just raises the stakes for everybody and it makes everything yeah. much more thrilling. There were so many you know moments where like you, you kind of don't care because certain things that went down weren't as bloody or weren't as hard-hitting as they could have been. It was like, you know... You feel like some of the characters are made of rubber because they don't, they don't hurt the way real people would. Yeah, like besides, uh, even with Lara, especially because she goes through hell so much, more so in the games. I will continue to say that, make that point. The only time that she really like had true violence, rather than just like falling down on whatever and whatever, she parachuted from the plane and uh, she landed on the ground and when she woke up after being knocked out she had like a small pipe out of her stomach mm-hmm. yeah in the game that was like super cool because you know you expect to go into this game thinking you're just going to be like running and gunning people and you're going to get shot at heaps and whatever but like the fact that they show like a like i don't want to say a small pierce but like compared to like 10 gunshots going through your body it's relatively different but the fact that like they mm. put so much time into her just like looking at this pipe sticking out of her and just going holy shit what do i do here should i pull it out should i whatever in this again it's another case of them showing that element from the game for two seconds and then she just pulls it out and 
holds it for a bit and then that's completely forgot about for the rest of the movie like yeah like she's you not, said yeah, if she's they not injured anymore if they decided to make it a violent more violent film in my opinion and yours completely benefit from the hardships that she's going through that could have been like a really like she had to like quickly like find some leaves or whatever some vines to like wrap around her as like blood is like pouring out that needs to put the pressure on something like that you know like it could have really upped the mm. stakes if they just decided to not make it pg or is it pg or is it m i uh, am this is m rated but okay yeah. but you're still you're still isolating quite a few viewers from that yeah like i i think it was one of the better parts of the movie because it was you know she was screaming in agony and that kind of sold the fact she was in pain and yeah but for only a little bit yeah but you know the actual look of the wound you know it doesn't look that bad there's no blood it's in my like good list here like that shrapnel part yeah. was very effective it just yeah. could have benefited more if they showed some blood and spent a little bit more time with it so we, we've obviously said you know we didn't like it when it deviated too much from the video game because it was trying to be the video game but then sometimes it was it tried not to be and that's when it failed a bit but when it was just being a video game, that was probably some of the best, the best bits. Like yes, you really, you really could see, the you know there was the stealth mission, there was the climbing mission. You know mm-hmm. she tries, you know parkours up the side of a cliff face. There was you know um in the in the tomb she's solving the puzzle mission. Yeah, there's those spikes, you know the spikes coming down from the uh oh don't say walls. what I think you're about to say. Keep talking. I don't, I, all I, all I was going to say was it looks like it's classic corridor video game. There's spikes and you've got to jump over them. Yeah. And she okay. had to, you know, she had to just battle that. And then there was, even though this is very loosely not really a video game thing and more of a movie thing, but things that have translated into video games is like quick time sequence fights. Oh my God. Like, sometimes I just felt like, you know, she's in a fight and the dude swung at her and she ducked at the right moment. I'm like, it's a quick time sequence. Oh but my in a movie. God, Ollie. And what? What I said before, <laughs> are you seriously about to say what I think you're about to say? This is word yeah. for word one of my notes in my good list. As Lara is escaping the tomb, there are rolling blades and she runs at them until the final moment and then quickly moves out the way <laughs> by sliding underneath or jumping over. I could totally see the quick time sequence buttons popping up on screen. Quickly press triangle, quickly press square. It's funny, like, because technically the quick time sequence is supposed to be acting like a movie. Yeah, but this dude, was I'm a movie so... acting like a video game's quick time sequence. <laughs> I'm so pissed off because I thought that was such an original thought. And I thought that was going to get a good laugh. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I was more thinking about it. Well, you know, when she was fight- having the boss fight against um, old mate Matthias. Oh yes, but, yeah. Yeah, like the spike, the spikes as well. Obviously, there was one moment where, uh, first of all, just a couple little, little mini rants at the end. Um, Matthias is walking across the ladder. He's trying to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And Lara does this crazy, like, she jumps onto the ladder and then yep. she, you know, climbs up and then starts fighting him. It's like, just, uh, why don't you just grab the ladder, you know, shift it off a bit. Oh, right. And make him fall <laughs> off and then walk across yourself. That was so Adrenaline, stupid. Ollie. Adrenaline, Ollie. Come I don't, on. I don't, yeah, I don't. She had to leap onto the ladder, then climb up and he didn't even fight her. Whatever. That's beside the point. Um, could there, could the, there be a reason, uh, like, he, he has information that she still needed or something? Like, was there anything like that? There was If you remember? I was, no? check- okay. I was checking because it was the first thing I saw, thought of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But anyway, once she defeats him, right, she 
the ladder is gone and she needs to tr- jump this gap. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm in the movie mindset, right? Where I'm thinking, you can't jump that gap. You're in a movie, the ladder was there as the plot device that lets you cross the thing. You can't get across there now, Yeah. right? Then she picks up the pickaxe and I immediately go to video game mode. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> you can make this jump now. It's completely plausible for you to make the jump <laughs> because you have a pickaxe and you can obviously just stab into the side of the wall and yeah, then climb up. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> wow. That's a great point and completely true. Yeah. They really did tiptoe yeah, that, a... um, the, the gaminess of it. Like you said before with the, um, the stealth mission and the big action set pieces. I thought that the, um, when she was opening up the tomb and, um, it was like, rotating discs and she had to get like the correct combination of all these different things on the big door that was very gamey like i could imagine like Mm -hmm. pressing right a bunch of times and then going down and then pressing left and you know like that was that was very video game puzzly um Mm. i don't think that the um the puzzle within the tomb um with with the tiles falling underneath them was very video gamey though um, it was so stupid. It, it was, was it was really bad, what and I color didn't. Do I yeah, like the like I don't understand. Like they they were really grasping at straws there to be like, this is a quote from the queen or whatever she was. Maybe it's something to do with the quote. Like it was just a whole bunch of colors. Like make the quote different to make what yeah. you're doing make more sense. You know, like it was weird that they decided to stick with what that quote was to fix this puzzle because it didn't really come off as connected nah. at all it was very a very big reach no nah, it didn't it didn't hit at all like it would have made sense if you know you've kind of familiarized with the quote or the passage that made the puzzle work if, you know if she said oh you know something something the red will open the light and you know then she uses the red one and everyone you know the audience is on the edge of their seat because they're like yes it's going to work because that's what's in the puzzle and then the red she puts the red one in and it doesn't work and then you're like oh, okay and you move on to the next one it would be really good if you know the passage or the the quote actually sold the audience as well as her on yeah. what was going to work, but it doesn't. You're just like, obviously, nothing's going to work until the last one, which is probably you know three or five from now. <laughs> <You're just laughs> yeah, like, true. It's it's not going to work if you put a crystal in it. You're going to have to put a couple in because that's how <laughs> movies work. Yeah, it, it, that yeah. could have been that could have been tweaked ever so slightly or completely revamped. Either way. What they yeah. did. Was I do no wonder good. whether the uh, puzzles were actually actually worked. Whether some set designer had actually put thought into making those puzzles work, and whether it was just the editor didn't get across how the puzzle worked. Right. Who knows? Who knows? I will say that that um tomb opening scene that I was saying before with the uh, the switching out of the stuff um, that I thought was very video gaming that was released early as a clip. Um, do you mind if I talk mm-hmm. about some of the clips? Yeah, sure. The scene that you were talking about earlier with um. Lara jumping onto the ladder in in pursuit of Matthias, that was released early as a clip. That is very late third third act stuff. And... um, Doesn't make much sense. No, and it it made more sense as I was watching it. Like, I was thinking, okay, so the dad's here. Oh, the dad's entered the tomb. Well, I know he's not coming out. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Matthias is going to be running away at some point. Something scary is going to happen up at that top level. So it's a shame. Like it's another, it's another example of bad advertising where you think what you're presenting is going to get people's butts in the seats and maybe it will, but it just, it should be a, a very simple law of 
don't make it a third act scene ever. It's not necessary. If if you why. if you're not confident enough in your film that you can pick a scene from the first or the second act that you can release that would get people's interest, then that's a that's a pretty sure sign that your film is boring at least until the final act. And um, just don't don't do that because it ruins people's times when they're actually watching it. Um, well, you know what I have to say is that uh, art doesn't matter and money does. That is what we learned at our art school uh and that yeah. that clip was released in um very early march so only a, about a week before the movie came out so they left it. if That's people really were thinking stupid. if people were thinking about seeing it they would have looked up like clips and like oh this is the one that just yeah. came out today oh it's a spoiler they released a clip of the scene with lara on the airplane at the uh the waterfall you know what i'm what we're yeah. talking I really like that scene actually because I think that was the most Lara Crofty from the game that the movie ever went. Um, it was. It was so Lara Crofty and so Uncharted. The reason why it was so Lara Crofty and Uncharted is because it's very, very close shot to shot from the game. Like, oh, okay. So IGN, the uh, the media source, they they put a comparison of the video game scene next to the movie scene. And it and it, when I was watching this before I had saw the movie, I thought, oh my god, these the producers and the directors of this really care about the video game, and they're trying to make as great as an effort as possible to be faithful to the game. And and of course, the IGN audience people were pissed off at the first trailer, saying it doesn't look like the game enough. And then this clip came out, and people were saying it's literally just shot for shot from the game. And so people were pissed <laughs> off at that too, which is very typical of the IGN audience. But yeah, that, that was another... Those were like the three like big um, main things. There were other ones as well, but they weren't like spoilery. I consider this to be a spoiler because it's showing off what is the most Lara Crofty moment. It was like what my favorite moment ended up being. Um, and I had saw that beforehand technically. But if they had faith thinking that everything else was Lara Crofty, then this wouldn't have been a spoiler. But it just happened that I didn't think there was much Lara Croft happening in the rest of the movie, you know? Also, did you end up seeing the trailers at all? I did. I watched one of them. I didn't, like, necessarily hate it or... No, yeah, it wasn't bad, anything. no. The part I liked about it was that it um, it gave the premise of Lara's on the island and she's stranded. And I thought that, you know, that's a cool premise. I love you're just in one location and you've got to get out. That's a That's a cool premise rather than... Yeah, you know some Hollywood films which will take you to like fifty billion locations around the world, and you just get lost. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I wrote a note here that they used um, "Survivor" by Destiny's Child in the trailer. What do you think of that? <laughs> I didn't notice that exactly. <laughs> I um I was Elizabeth very the one I watched. I oh yeah, it was it was like a. I, the reason why I noted it is because you and I have ranted on the show a couple of times of big movie trailers use an old song and then they modernize it by using a cover version that's a little bit different. So this was like a very like somber, like eerie version of Survivor, which okay. which I liked a lot, actually. Like, I, I think it fits in with the, um, the character of Lara very well. And it's Beyonce, and Beyonce is like sick female empowerment, and so is this film, and so is the character of Lara Croft, at least since the 2013 remake. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that actually worked quite well, and it's one of the few examples of an older song being revamped for the for the modern movie trailer that I actually enjoyed. So that's a big plus <laughs> for me. So what do, you, what do you give the trailers as a score then? Um, look, they're they're fine. I'll give it a credit. 
because um, mm-hmm. everything about it was fine. I liked this choice of the song, but they um, <laughs> they used literally the last shot from the film as the last shot in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> of, did actually of uh, did. of Lara holding up the two guns and going, "I'll take two. And before that, like they showed Nick for us, so like, "Oh, he's coming back." And when she goes to the island. Then you're thinking, oh, I saw in the trailer that he comes back and she's got two guns, so she's going to get off yeah. the island. So it's a credit because everything really? else was about fine. But like, why did you have to show that? It's not a. F- oh, it's I don't not. Know. It, do you know? It must be. I reckon the um. I reckon that gun scene must have been earlier in the film initially. Like it was initially just a part of that scene, but then they added it as a la- an after credit thought. Yeah, I suppose so. I they. I, I do think that they are really like trying to bait for a sequel here with the whole. Yeah, of course. Of the course other person was on the other side the whole time, but like, are they gonna get one? Because it's very. It's. I don't actually. I don't know what the reception's like in this. Are people liking it? What's the score like? Neither here? do I. I have no idea. I kind of thought people would like it. I was estimating about eighty-two percent. I'll look it up right now. Oh, that's your <laughs> that's your Rotten Tomatoes uh, for is yeah, it cute prediction. Yeah, that's my thing. Let's have a yeah. look. Fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, my, I, I would I would agree with that sentiment then. Uh, let's rate the movie and um and move on and say our overall thoughts. So what do you reckon? Ah, uh, credit. I'm kind of upset. I because I didn't really like it that much, but I kind of thought other people would, and I was hoping it was as I've always hoped when video game movies come out that it was going to kick off the video game movie revolution. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, me too. Uh, and you know, become you know that good video game movie that actually was good. You you mean um, 2009's Gamer starring um, Gerard Butler <laughs> didn't kick off the video game movie uh, revolution? Not a okay. bad premise. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a credit as well. Um, I wrote down my overall like my um, too long don't read of the review. So I said, yep. the film has an awesome lead, cool massive set pieces, it had stealth like the video games, quick time events like the video games, and puzzles like the video games, which all together should add up to a great video game movie, but it was just average, And um, but mm-hmm. I had enough of a good time watching it. If there was a sequel, I wouldn't be overly hyped for it, though it did make me want to no. buy the Tomb Raider sequel that I never got round to, the video game. So I'm going to officially yeah. put it out on the pod, on the record, um, I'm gonna stop playing Madden and um, <laughs> and, and spend this week playing um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider or something something like that. I'm gonna R- play that. Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think it is. Oh, oh no! So, uh, Shadow is uh, the game that I think they just announced a new one. Like, oh wow! Like okay. literally, like yesterday or the day before at the time of recording. So there we go. Hype. Get um. Just this, in time for the movie. This movie was a better advertisement for the games than it was for any movie or yeah, sequels. Yeah, yeah. You could say. <laughs> Anyone who had a lukewarm reception of this movie, just say, the games are all the bits that you liked about the movie, but continuously. Doesn't deviate for no reason. And uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode of Ignorance Is This. That was a good discussion about Tomb Raider. Um, if you would yeah. like to get in contact with the show, you can do that by um, heading over to our Gmail account, shooting us an email um, that is ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Ignorance Is This Podcast as well. And uh, if you would like to tweet at us, send us a DM, slip into our DMs. That's uh, twitter.com slash ignoranceispod. And also, um, ring-a-ding-ding, special announcement, we've got a um, Tumblr account now. So that's ignoranceisthispodcast.tumblr.com. 
and uh, that's showcasing all of our art by um, our amazing artist Eden on uh she's putting up all of her art there so people can find that a little bit easier and um it's also like entirely ran and managed by Aiden herself so that's really cool so thanks thanks Aiden and go check that out um and and retweet and sorry what's it like on Tumblr reblogging i think reblog reblog all of the art cuz it's really cool it's my favorite part of the week seeing the new as art if you don't know you're a big Tumblr boy look i used to be a Tumblr boy back in my days of the high school which is the optimum time to not want to be a Tumblr boy <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh, and at the end of um, every episode of ignorance is this we'd like to finish the show off with a little haiku ollie you've yeah, been ignorant this week i sure have and obviously uh about a minute ago when we announced we were wrapping up the show, I quickly started <laughs> um, counting out syllables. <laughs> oh, you you were you were not listening to me do the plugs then? Did you had had you not had a haiku ready? Not at all. Wow. At okay, all. that's I, great. <laughs> I hope this is fine. <laughs> I'm sure it, I'm sure it's gonna be excellent. You've put right, as here. much thought into this one as you has the others. <laughs> yeah. Alright, here it is. Alright. Um what the hell do you mean, Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider? I hardly know her. <laughs> that is that is very good. That is very, very good. <laughs> I like how I like how your joke was Tomb Raider, I hardly know her, and you had to make up the syllables beforehand. I know. That that's exa- that's essentially what happened. I was like, okay, I've got the joke. Now I just need to fill time. <laughs> uh that's that's becoming my new favorite riff. Just <laughs> X. I hardly know her. I love it so much. Good one, Ollie, and and good on you for coming up with that on the spot. Thank you, man. All right. Good night, Australia. Good- goodbye, Australia.